Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jerry Feta. He is the founder and CEO of Wealth Dynamics, uh, which is a firm that helps people learn how to become wealthy. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Jerry. Thank you, Jordan. It's great to be on. I appreciate it. Just tell us your story briefly and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so I got into uh, what I call mainstream financial services uh, back when I was 18 years old, actually. So I was kind of a traditional financial advisor with um, insurances and 401ks and mutual funds. And um, as I started learning more and more about uh, what I would call the inner workings of Wall Street, what really goes on behind the scenes, um, I started looking at, okay, well, what do wealthy people actually do with their finances? And so that led me to um, you know, a number of different outlets, avenues that I, I really work a lot with today. Um, and my company now, Wealth Dynamics, really specializes in helping people build wealth outside of that Wall Street norm. So tell us a little bit about what people will find at your website, which is Wealth Dynamics, spelled D-Y-N-A-M-X.com. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you go to our site, the first thing you'll see is we have a lot of free educational content. Um, I believe financial literacy is, is the very first step, and it's something that we often don't learn about you know, in school and growing up. So there's a lot of articles, a lot of videos, a lot of uh, podcasts, you know, different things you can, you can dive into to learn about finances. Um, and then from there, you, know, you can get into you know, a number of our different books, courses, um, and then ultimately, if you would like guidance, you know, one-on-one help in order to build your own financial freedom, you can schedule a call with our team as well. So let's go. Your, your latest book is called Blueprint to Financial Freedom. So before we get into the content of that, just kind of give us the overview of how it is possible for people, kind of average people, to achieve financial freedom when they might not think that's possible. Yeah, that's a great question. I think for me, you know, growing up, I didn't think that that was possible. And so it was, um, you know, uh, my own experience of going through that, that, you know, learning about finances, learning how they, they work. And, and the biggest thing is knowing what are the right things to do and, and also knowing when to do them and doing them in the right sequence. And so, um, you know, the book really, you know, it simplifies finances. A lot of it just comes down to, you know, money is, is you know, arithmetic and vocabulary, um, you know, a lot of the, the, you know, the, elute, the, the elites on Wall Street and these different groups, they might make it sound very complex and sophisticated, but it's, you know, seventh grade math for the most part, you know, the ability to use a dictionary or investopedia.com and really understand the tools that we're using. And then from there, you know, the book dives into, okay, well, here's where you would start and, and step by step, here are the right types of things to be doing. So let's start with that. You talk about the beginning being the foundation. What is the foundation of creating financial freedom? So the foundation of creating financial freedom, um, there's two main parts. The first one is financial literacy, right? So I have to understand finances. I have to understand money. um, And I need to know the truth about what money really is. And so that's kind of where things start. And then the second part of it would be I have to have a purpose or a reason to get there. Um, And and it's got to be a lot bigger than um, you know, just going on vacation the rest of my life or, or driving a Lamborghini or, or being able to say I have a Rolls Royce or whatever it might be. I've got to have a real driving reason um, because if I'm financially free, what am I going to do with all my time, right? And if I don't have that figured out, it's not going to be very motivating for me to get there. So that foundation is, is understanding, okay, what does wealth mean to me? What does financial freedom look like? And then again, that literary, literacy aspect of, okay, well, what, what, are the, what are the tools that I'm going to need to use and, and how do I learn about them? So you say that wealth starts with a decision. What decision do you have to make? 
So that decision is, is the decision to become wealthy. I think a lot of people, you know, they waft. And that's what I did, Jordan, is it, it, it was nice. It was a nice idea. And I would definitely wish that I could be there when I was a, a younger guy. But it wasn't something where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm deciding to go build wealth. You know, and when I decide, it means you know, the etymology, that word is actually to cut off other options. So I'm cutting off, you know, plan B, plan C, all these other different things. And I'm saying, I'm going to really commit to this. And the great thing is, is even if it's a lifetime journey, it, it's, it's better time spent there than not. So what is involved in making, I mean, it's easy to say, oh, I'm, I'm going to decide to get wealthy. But what kind of commitment do you need to make to actually make it happen? It's, it's very similar to, uh, I relate to physical fitness. It's very similar to that, right? When I commit to physical health, it's not uh, a New Year's resolution. It's not a 90-day blitz. It's a lifetime decision. And so that commitment is, um, you know, as frequently as daily, but really, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing that, I'm thinking about, okay, what am I eating for my meals? Now I'm, I'm thinking about that, you know, every, sep- every several hours. Um, you know, I'm making sure I'm planning out my schedule, my workouts. The same thing would go into finances, Right. And so that the magnitude of that decision, it, it means I call it the big three, right? Every day I'm doing something to, to, to improve my financial education, whether that's a 10 minute video article podcast like this. Uh, every day I'm doing something to increase my income more than it was before. And then every day I'm, I'm reconciling and I'm rating my expenses and transactions so that I'm keeping control over my finances as they go out. Um, and it's, it's not a passive thing. It's a very full time active decision. So it's a combination of controlling your expenses and increasing your income. That's the basis of it. Yeah, I definitely have to earn more than I spend. Yeah. So you say, how much money do you need to get started? A lot of people would think you need a lot of money to get started to become wealthy. Yeah, and a lot of, a lot of money definitely helps. But what I, what I started to realize is for the average American, you know, when we look at where does our income actually go? Very little of it goes to where we would want it to go to. Immediately right off the top, we've got, you know, 15 to 30 percent going towards taxes. Right. And then we've got, you know, usually, you know, our, our 401ks, they're getting 3 percent to 5 percent right before we get paid. Then we've got our mortgages and our car payments and our credit cards and our student loans. And when we really account for it, you know, we look at what our savings rates are and what they should be. Historically, the top 1 percent of wealth have saved 40 percent of their gross income. And right now, the average American, between all those sources that I just named, more than 40% of their income usually goes to those groups. So, yeah, a lot of money helps, more income helps, but you can also take control of those and get money back from those areas, and you can then repurpose that to build wealth. Okay. Um, So you say you don't need that much to get started, but you have to have discipline in making it grow. You definitely do. And I don't want to downplay the income because it's definitely the accelerator, right? The discipline is important. All of that's important. But if you give me a guy that's got, you know, a million dollar a year income versus a hundred thousand dollar a year income, that discipline applied to the million dollar a year income definitely will get us there faster. But not to say that the hundred thousand dollar a year guy can't do it. It's just going to take a little bit longer if the income isn't there. And, and we do really focus with our clients on, you know, the, their job is to go earn. And so we, we want to make sure they know that that's a conscious effort they make on a day to day basis. So you say the next thing is to earn more income. Are you talking about passive or active uh, earning income or, or some combination? You know, I love both of them, but the, the passive comes from the active. Um, I have this thing I call the triangle of wealth, right? And if you picture this triangle, at the very top, we've got earn, and then, you know, we've got save on the next point, and then the final point is invest. And so for me to be able to invest and get passive income, because that's where passive income would come from, 
you know, first I would have to be saving and then before I can be saving, I've got to be earning. Um, and so again, that, that active income being saved in some, some sort of a good store of value. And then once it's accumulated, invested into something that does generate passive income, that kind of takes over, you know, over time, the need to have earned income. If I do enough of that, I don't have to do the trading time for money anymore. But most of us will have to until we get to that point. So then you talk about earning more income now. So what, what can people do to increase their income? Say they're at a regular job, they've got a you know, decent paycheck. What can they do to earn more income considering, as you say, they're trading time for money? Uh, what, what kind of things that they can do to augment their income while they have a decent job? Yeah, so if you have a decent job, um, the first thing that I look at is I look at, um, you know, where can I add more value in my workplace? If I'm on a salary or an hourly wage, um, you know, especially if it's hourly, can I can I put in some more hours, right? Um, and so that's something that's that's you know it's easy to to go to the boss and say, hey, can I can I work the weekend? Can I work the evening? And a lot of times they might say yes, especially in a time like now where you know they might be having trouble finding more employees and they might be a little bit overloaded. Um, so that's great. If you're in sales, that's another great one. Make more calls, set up more appointments. All of those things help. Um, and then within your own household budget, uh, I have this thing I call the one to five game. And this is easy. Anyone can do this. If you go around your house, you go around your garage, you go around your yard with a clipboard and you rate everything you see, every object on a one to five scale, right? Five means that it's income generating and I'm going to keep it. Four means it's necessary for survival and, and I'm not, I'm not going to get rid of that. But my ones are things that are dumb. I don't need them at all. They were just bad decisions. I can sell those. I can put those on eBay. I can put those on Craigslist. I can put those on Facebook Marketplace. Um, the twos are things that they're not dumb. They're just bad timing, right? And so I, I could always get it back later, but right now it might be more helpful to have the income instead. And so I could also then sell those things and get the income. Um, threes are maybes, right? So if my wife thinks it's a five and I think it's a one, that's a six. And we're going to average that out and call it a three. That's kind of a safe zone to talk about things before we make any decisions on them. But that's, that's an easy way anyone could do this as, as, they, as they're going through these steps. So you're saying people have a lot of stuff hanging around. Oh, people have a ton them. of stuff, yeah. And, and that it's because of the, uh, the internet today, it's, they're able to sell it and generate income from it instead of getting no value from it. Yeah, they're, easy, they're able to sell it just as easy as they can buy it. You can click a button on Amazon and have it show up, and you can almost do the same thing to get rid of it now. So that's okay. So you can sell your stuff. You can get more hours at work or, or more sales. How about in the passive income realm? What, what are some things you like in passive income? In passive income, um, and, and I define passive income as something where I, I trade the least amount of time possible. Um, for me, I'm really big on lending. So now we're talking more from an investment standpoint. Um, I like to deploy my accumulated capital and I do like to do secured lending on real estate where I'm, I'm quite literally being in the bank or the mortgage. Um, for me, that's a very passive source. I don't have tenants. I don't have you know a lot of the issues I might have as a landlord. Um, and there still is a, a physical asset behind it that's going to pay me every month. Very good. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Jerry Feta. He's the founder and CEO of Wealth Dynamics. And you can find out more about him at his website, wealthdynamics.com, spelled D-Y-N-A-M-X.com. We'll be back after this. Christmas, this is the season to deck the halls and exchange presents with loved ones. But over the past 10 years, a new tradition has emerged. Binge-watching, low-budget, made-for-TV holiday movies. And the battle to have the highest-rated Christmas movies gets more intense every year. 
the newest season of Business Wars podcast from Wondery dives into the competition between Hallmark, Lifetime, and Netflix. While their films may be full of goodwill and cheer, the war for ratings is downright hostile. Listen to Business Wars Christmas Movie Wars on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's going to be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jerry Feta. He is the founder and CEO of Wealth Dynamics. You can find out more about him at his website, wealthdynamics.com, spelled D-Y-N-A-M-X.com. His latest book is called Blueprint to Financial Freedom. Welcome back to the show, Jerry. Thank you. So we were talking about passive income. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing, you just go a little bit more into depth on lending money to real estate. Are you talking about buying existing mortgages or selling uh, mortgages? How, how do you actually do that? Yeah, so personally, I like to go through uh, registered private placement funds. And so, and the reason I like that is is it it puts me in a position where I, I have a group I know I can rely on that will find the investment opportunities, they will vet them, um, they'll handle a lot of the ongoing management. Um, somebody could go buy mortgage notes or, or, you know, do that on their own. But there is, you know, can we go back to the word passive? There is quite a bit of front end work. Um, if you think about any time you've applied for a loan with a bank, they do you know, quite a rundown on your finances in order to qualify you. So you could go either route on that. I prefer doing it through a fund just because it does put me more in the investor role and in the passive role. And when you say registered, does this mean for accredited investors only or what do you mean by registered uh, fund? 
Yeah, so it's going to be um, some of them for accredited, some can be for non-accredited. It all depends on the um, the securities exchange classification that they're using, uh, whether that's regulation A, regulation D. But they're they're basically going to be typically mostly for an accredited investor, and then there are some that have the ability to take in non-accredited investors. And roughly, what kind of yield do you get on those funds? Uh, generally speaking, I, I see eight to twelve percent um, annual interest only, and that's paid out to me in monthly checks. Okay, so that's one way. What are some other ways you you, do, you use to generate passive income? Yeah, so a, a big one is um, you know doing uh, you know business investing, whether that's my own business and I'm I'm you know getting into what I call phase two, where my time's not involved, um, or even investing in other businesses. Right. Um, you know, if you kind of look at it almost from a venture capitalism standpoint, if I can be an investor in a small business that I know is going to do well, um, that can be a true form of passive income. Um, so that's a great opportunity. I also do like um, real estate, typically more on the on the multifamily side. So I'm more on you know mobile home parks and things of that nature that I I know aren't going to get hit as much when the economy swings up and down. Um and again, we have to look at the degree of passivity on that. If you hire out management and you hire out all of these different things, so you're not really the landlord, um, you know, that makes it much more passive to get involved with. So these are, you're buying mobile home parks or funds that have mobile home parks? How does that one work? Uh, so either or, I, again, I like the fund. So usually when I do it, I'm going to go through a fund um, just because it kind of puts a buffer between me and the person that lives in the mobile home. Um, but I do know some, some friends, some investors, some clients that they actually will go out and they'll buy an individual mobile home. Um, you know, the great thing is, is the cost per unit is much lower. You can maybe get into one for, you know, 20, 30, $40,000. There might be some repair and some fix up. Um, you know, the cap rate on it is pretty high. You're going to see a good yield and a good income from it. Um, and so that's a, a way to go about it as well. Very good. And so those are kind of owning assets in a certain way, real estate and so on. How about online? Are there legitimate ways of creating passive income with various kinds of online programs? Uh, there can, yes. Now, for me, online, it, it's going to be a little bit different because it has the it has the capability of pulling my involvement into it, I think, at a, at a high level without me really realizing it, right? So, um, you can definitely do uh, recurring income-based online models, whether that be a membership or a subscription. Um, you can also look at e-commerce as an option as well. Um, and again, I, I, I think of it almost as a binary thing where if, I, if it's a business that I'm involved in, then I do not look at that as passive because I know that you know if, if, if something happens, I will step in. I'm going to be involved. I'm going to be running it. Um, versus if it's something that I don't intend on getting in, in, involved in personally, then I will look at that as, okay, this is a passive source. Um, therefore, if, if time is required, it's never going to be mine. I'll hire it out. I'll automate it. I'll do something to make sure that I'm not the one putting my hands involved in this business here. So that's how to increase your income. Now you talk about the 40% rule in your book. What is the 40% rule? Now I kind of hit on that, but this is, this is the um, actual statistic. When you look, there's a, a graph um, and, and this is where I first got this from, is, is there's a graph that shows the, the savings rate of the top 1% of wealth from 1913, and it went till about 2013, I believe was the cutoff point. And I don't know if they've updated and showed recent years, but the trend was that the top 1% of wealth consistently saved 40% of their gross income. And um, what's interesting about this, Jordan, is you'll see in the in the quote unquote, the good times, right? The roaring 20s when everything was doing great, you see their savings rates are up very high in that 40 to 45% gross range. 
Um, now on the chart, you'll see dips, right? So one of them was the 1929 stock market crash. And then, you know, following that was the Great Depression. And you'll see that their savings rate actually dips. And then as soon as the economy recovers, it goes right back up to 40%. And so when I looked at that, I realized that that was the behavior of when times are good, they're saving, they're accumulating, they're basically packing up their dry powder. And then when things are bad, that's when they're going in and they're buying assets on sale. And that's why you would see that savings rate drop. I see. Very good. Um, then you talk about where to invest as well as when to invest. How do you know when and where to invest? Yeah. So I'll start with, with when to invest. Um, so when you're investing initially, I think your number one investment is always going to be yourself, right? Um, and that's going to be your own skill sets, your own knowledge, your own ability. Um, I even think I've, I've heard Warren Buffett say that as well. He talks about a, a public speaking course that he did when he was a younger man. So that's the, the first where. Now, as we start looking at, okay, that's maximized. My earning potential is, is you know, trending upward. It's in a good spot. Now I want to start getting involved in other assets, right? And that might be any number of things, the, the lending or the real estate or the businesses. Um, you know, that, that's kind of the when topic. And so the first thing that I talk about with, with when is, number one, you want to be solvent, right? You don't want to put the, the, the carriage before the horse, and so I've seen, you know, too many people make investment decisions when they didn't have enough personal reserves set aside or they had, you know, exorbitant amounts of consumer debt. Um, you know, they didn't have the right the right lineup for their own personal solvency. And down the road, that investment actually becomes a problem because, you know, let's say, uh, you know, for example, in 2020, people lost employment. And so it was an opportunity to invest where then they couldn't. And the investment they had done was kind of an inconvenience because they wanted to have the cash instead. So get solvent first. And then once you're at that point, you know, invest in what you understand, what makes sense to you, what you like. Um, and so really, when, when you're looking at some of the things we've talked about here today, 50,000 is kind of the magic number to get into a lot of these types of investment opportunities. So I want to have $50,000 liquid that I know that I can, I can just put into that investment and it's not going to deplete my reserves. It's not going to impact my ability to pay my bills, to service my debts. Um, and I really can just let it ride and be a good investment. So you did this yourself, and you said you were financially free by age 30. What were some specific things you did to, to do this yourself? Yeah, so that's actually the, the Blueprint of Financial Freedom book was everything I did step by step. Um, and so the, the big one for me, like financial freedom or financial independence is defined as passive income greater than savings, expenses, and taxes. Right. And so um, passive income for me, the, my big one has been lending. I, I, I run my business. That's where I get my earned income. If we go back to that triangle of wealth, I do save 40% of that income. I like to put it in real stores of value like gold, silver. Um, I like dividend paying life insurance. I like, uh, you know, land and real estate. And then I'll take once it's accumulated or appreciated, I'll put that into the private lending and that's going to then spin off the income. And, and then that income incrementally buys my time back. Right. So you get to a certain number where that passive income does exceed savings, expenses, and taxes. Um, and so that's, that's been my whole focus. That's what I've done. And, and really, and that's what I think everyone should be, should be focused on doing, whether it's a 10-year thing or a 30-year thing, is becoming financially free. What do you think of investing in cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin? I think investing is the wrong word for it. I think you know, the, there, are, um, there are stores of value, there are investments, and there are speculations. And so I think, you know, cryptocurrency or Bitcoin, whatever one you want to look at, it, it totally meets the definition of a speculation. Um, that doesn't make it bad or wrong. It just means if we, 
if we define something as the wrong thing and then we treat it as that definition, we're going to see odd results. We're going to see problems happen. Whereas if I look at that as this is a, a true speculation and then I behave like it is, I think that that puts me in a better position to, you know, to either stay out or win if I decide to get into it. So do you think speculation plays some role in a portfolio? You should have some speculation? I think later on, yes. Um, I believe early on, you know, when, when I see a lot of people speculate and they're not, they're not close to financial freedom or at financial freedom yet, I think what they're really trying to do is they're trying to solve the problem that they don't earn and save enough money, right? And so the, they, when they would then put capital at risk in order to get, you know, a, a big win or a big increase on the amount that they, they put into the, the speculation. Now, when you look at a true speculator, whether that be a trader where they do that professionally, they typically have a pretty decent sized portfolio they're working with, um, you know, and that's kind of their full time job. I have a friend that trades Forex. That's his 40 hour a week thing. Um, and then if you look at the other standpoint, like a, a family office or a hedge fund that speculates, they do it as a diversification play. But they do that after they've gotten into their cash reserves, they've gotten into their income producing investments, and it's kind of almost like a, a, a top layer of, okay, we're going to put 5% or 10% into this thing that might go up, but we're not riding on it. We're riding on our other things. And the problem is people with a lot less money do speculation first, hoping to make up for in big returns what they don't have in, in principle, is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of unknowns. I kind of relate it to an ocean versus a river, right? An income investment is like a river. The current goes one way. It's very predictable. When I start getting into speculation, it's like me stepping out into the ocean. Now, the ocean doesn't run on currents. It runs on tides, which means that I can get, you know, pushed into the deep end when I didn't expect it. I can also, you know, bottom out when I didn't expect it. You know, in the ocean, there's pirates, there's sharks, there's, there's all sorts of things. And, and same thing in a market like that. There's a lot of um, banks, hedge funds, market makers, and other factors that I think the little guy that's trying to get, you know, his little bit of a bump on a Bitcoin or a crypto, he's maybe not aware that those players are in there. And one of the ways they make money is by taking his. Yes, indeed. Very good. Okay, we're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Jerry Feta. He's the founder and CEO of Wealth Dynamics. You can find out more at his website, wealthdynamics.com, and find out also about his new book, which is called Blueprint to Financial Freedom. We'll be back after this. Whether you are a crypto pro or a total beginner, you can finally earn Bitcoin the easy way. With the world's first Bitcoin rewards credit card from BlockFi, you can earn unlimited Bitcoin on every qualifying purchase you make. Introducing the BlockFi Rewards Visa Signature Card. It's the easiest way to get Bitcoin by just making everyday purchases. Grow your Bitcoin portfolio when you buy your groceries, pay your bills, fill up at the gas station, or have a meal at a restaurant. You can earn 1.5% back in Bitcoin on all qualifying purchases with no reward limits. Plus, there's no annual fee and no foreign transaction fees. Just Bitcoin earned on every single qualifying purchase. Now's the time to start or ramp up your Bitcoin portfolio. Bitcoin saw a 230% annualized return last year, and it's been very strong for the most part of this year as well. In fact, Bitcoin has been the best performing asset of the last decade, outperforming the NASDAQ 100 by 10 times. BlockFi is the leader in crypto and was named to Forbes FinTech 50 list in 2021. Plus, BlockFi is the easiest way to buy, sell, and earn crypto. 
there's no better time to sign up and start earning Bitcoin today. Right now, listeners to The Money Answer Show can earn a bonus of $25 in crypto after you make your first purchase with the credit card when you sign up at BlockFi.com slash money. That's a $25 bonus in crypto deposited right into your account after you make your first purchase. But you have to use my URL, which is BlockFi.com slash money. Start earning Bitcoin back on all your qualifying purchases today. Go to, go to BlockFi.com slash money. Not all will be eligible. Geographic, regulatory, and underwriting restrictions apply. Fees and terms are subject to change. Additional terms of service at BlockFi.com. BlockFi is a financial technology company. Banking services provided by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jerry Feta, founder and CEO of Wealth Dynamics at WealthDynamics.com. His book is called Blueprint to Financial Freedom. Welcome back to the show, Jerry. It's good to be back. So what are some of the top wealth habits that you talk about in your book? Yeah, you know, there are several of them. And, and the, the key word that I want to focus on here, Jordan, is the word habit, right? So a habit, you know, we're, we're in the age of technology where we think about automation. A habit is behavioral automation. And the way that we do that is we do something so often and so frequently that it just becomes second nature, right? And so uh, one of these things that we want to make into a second nature behavior or habit is um, having a, a a weekly wealth meeting. So if you're if you're you know if you're married, you have a, a significant other, a, a, a partner. That literally means getting together with them, you know, one time a week and sitting down and and just like a company would. If you have a company and you do board meetings, you look at 
you know, what was our income? What was our expenses? You know, what are we planning for upcoming weeks? You know, what are, what are we looking at for our assets and our liabilities? And that's a conversation that everyone should have weekly. And I think that that's a, a 30 minute conversation that if done, you know, it makes finances a whole lot easier to confront. And it also makes it to where it's, it's not an accumulation of hours and hours of things we've got to go do. It's just a real quick meeting because we've been keeping up at it. So that's a big one. You know, that also helps people review their goals. It helps them kind of stay on track with their, you know, whether that be an annual goal that they've divvied up into a quarterly or a monthly or a weekly basis. Um, and it, and if you're not somebody that has a partner or you're not married or what whatnot, I, I recommend finding another person that, that would do something similar. And then you can have that accountability factor and, and you know, you can actually meet you're there, they're there, and you can kind of keep tabs on, okay, this is actually happening and we're staying consistent. Yeah. One of the things you're big is what you call the sacred account, which is a way of compounding your money, I guess it's using life insurance. Just briefly describe what the, the sacred account is all about. Yeah. So this is one of my favorite tools. It's been around for, for literally hundreds of years. Um, and so it's, it's, a, it's a very specific type of whole life insurance. So it's called high early cash value dividend-paying whole life insurance. Um, a lot of these companies that we use for this, they've been around you know, since the 1800s, and, and they've, they've never lost money. They've always made money and always paid out dividends, um, even through times like you know, we just had you know, 2020 and, and COVID and all of these different things happening. They were still, you know, even during that, right? So um, the idea behind this is you know, you're, you're using this as a number one, a, a tier one reserve account. And what tier one would mean, it's, it's actually my most prized, protected, valuable set of reserves. Um, and in real life, banks actually keep, you know, the, the most money out of anybody in these whole life insurance policies. So they keep about 20% of their actual tier one reserves in whole life insurance just like this. So the idea is when you put money into this, let's say you put a, a dollar into it, that dollar is going to grow at a three to 5% compounding annual growth rate. It's, it's protected from taxation. It's protected from creditors. It's protected from market volatility, and it's also protected from lawsuits. Um, I can borrow against that dollar, right? So if I've got a dollar in there growing at three to five percent, I can borrow to typically seventy to ninety percent of that dollar. I will still earn the three to five percent while I'm borrowing against it. My cost of interest might be one to three percent as a net effective cost. And so what's happening is I'm earning a positive profit spread when I borrow, and then I can do things like pay off debt. Um, I can invest. Um, I can even, I, I just self-financed my own car with my life insurance. There's just a, a number of ways you can basically become your own bank by using this type of a strategy. It is a long-term strategy. It's not a short-term thing. You have to have time for it to build up, right? Very much so. Yeah, it's a long-term strategy. And it's one of those things that um, it could even be generational, right? So it's people today, I think they think five years is a long time. We're talking decades, you know, and this is something you would just consistently, you just work it into your life and keep using it. Now, not all life insurance companies offer this kind of policy. Are there some specific insurance companies that are best at what you're talking about here? Yeah, that's a good point. So there, there are very few that actually offer it. And then there are even fewer that design it correctly and have the, the financial strength that I would be looking for. When we look at um, what actual banks and Fortune 500 companies work with in this area, they work typically with what I call the big four. Um, the big four would be uh, Northwestern Mutual, New York Life, Guardian, and Mass Mutual. Um, there are other players in the space. I stick with that group just because that's that's who the big dogs use. And, and you know, if, if I'm trying to mimic success and I can see that that's who they use, I'm going to stick with them too. So there's a limit on how much money you can put into these things up front, the so-called MEC limits, right? The, 
modified endowment contract limits. So you have to put in money over time. Is that correct? Yeah. Now you can get away with a lump sum, um, and, and and it all varies. Everyone is different because the policy is based on the on the individual that's being insured. So not as not a single policy will be identical as to the rhyme or reason that that MEC limit is what it is. It's you know what is your cost of insurance and your income and what do you qualify for. You can start with a lump sum. Of, oftentimes the insurance company they it needs to be within the MEC limit, but they also need to be able to see proof of funds. Um, and the reason being is, you know, this is a, a unilateral contract, meaning if I was, you know, if I was Pablo Escobar and I was putting drug money into this, if it got in, it's very hard for anyone else to touch it, including the government. So the insurance companies put a very, uh, very hard filter on making sure that they know where that money came from before they allow it to go in. And it's clean and there's no criminal element, though, that's what you're saying. Kind exactly. Know your customer exactly. rule, basically, yes. So is, is that something a lot of people could benefit from or is it only kind of for wealthy people that are going to learn that system you know i'm i'm proud to say this is one that i think literally anyone with an income could benefit from um you know granted that it has to be designed correctly it needs to be done right but you know if somebody has an income and they have the again back to the very beginning the decision that this is important and i'm going to 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 build financial freedom you don't have to be you know a millionaire or a billionaire to do this if you can if you can do you know two three hundred dollars a month you could be doing a strategy just like this yeah now, you also said that your wealth is being stolen. What do you mean by that? Is that by inflation, or, or how is your wealth being stolen? Yeah, so two ways. There, inflation and taxation, right? Um, and, and so these are, I call them, you know, the, the, the kind of the big three bad guys. We have banks, Wall Street, and the IRS. Um, and so when we look at, you know, these three, these three players, they do a lot of tag teaming, where they work together, and a lot of the different things that they do coincide with one another. But the first one would be the the silent killer of inflation. And it's not so silent this year. I think more and more Americans are seeing inflation is rampant this year. I think we're seeing, you know, six to eight percent rates. And that's on CPI. Oftentimes it's double that if we're looking at the real inflation rate. Um, and what that does is it reduces our purchasing power. Right. And so if you think about that, it's very easy to brisk over that one. Right. But if you think about I trade my time for money. Right. Which means my my work equates to dollars earned. Well, if the buying power of those dollars gets reduced each time I earn them, it means I'm working harder and harder for less money. I'm getting more and more output for less and less input. So that's the first main one, and that affects income, it affects savings, it affects investments. Um, tied into that model is then taxation. A lot of the inflation comes from the printing of money. That usually typically is going to be you know, debt borrowed through the Federal Reserve Bank. The United States Treasury does need to service that debt. The only revenue source that they have to service that debt is income tax. So those those two things play off of each other, and they they steal copious amounts of wealth over time. And what is your outlook right now uh, for taxes? Our, uh, the Build Back Better program talks about increasing taxes on wealthy individuals. Do you think that's going to happen, and what would be the impact of that on the economy? You know, I think that they're going to increase the rate. That's usually what they'll do is they'll increase it. And it's kind of almost like a market. You could almost have a line chart where it shows up and downward trends. The The problem, and I don't want to call it a problem, but it's the thing that, that most people don't realize is the, the tax code is written for and by the wealthy. Um, most, and I, we could call them the top 1%, most of the people in Congress are in that group. Right, so they're not going to raise taxes on themselves. They might say, "Hey, we're 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 raising this rate, we're raising that rate, we're getting rid of this provision." Um, I own a tax and accounting firm as well, and and the amount of the amount of opportunities for tax reduction it, it's mind blowing when you really study the tax code. 
it doesn't matter what they say, the wealthy will always use that code. The great news is individuals can use it too, but it goes back to, again, financial literacy, studying what it says, hiring the right team to make sure that they can keep you compliant and that you're doing things the right way. So do you think of this new bill, if it does happen, there'll be advantages uh, that people can take advantage of to save on taxes? Because mostly it's about raising uh, more money from wealthy people and, and corporations. You know, I think it's probably going to be a little less advantages on this one. Um, you know, I think you're right on the fact that they're raising rates. They're, they're maybe going to get rid of or phase out some of the programs that the wealthy have been using. Um, but I think the, the statistic is the tax code. If you look at just code, I believe it is um, five or 6,000 pages of code. Only about 50 of those pages actually have to deal with the paying of taxes, the rates, the, the tables, everything else is you know, either incentives by the government on how to reduce taxes, loopholes, um, notes, supporting documents. And so there's a lot that's going to be left is kind of what I'm getting at. And I think the wealthy will still be able to use that. Um, and hopefully the everyday individual dives into it as well and uses it to their advantage. You say that the 401k is a lie. What is the lie with 401ks? The lie with the 401k, I mean, there's so much of it that's a lie. The first one is the, the free match. Um, right. It's not actually free. It's, it's been surveyed that it's a salary reduction. Employees were surveyed and they said for every dollar they match, they're reducing salary about, by about 90%. Um, the other one is that you're getting a tax savings. Sure, you're getting a deduction up front. But if you think about that, money is sitting there and it's growing. All the while it's growing, it's in the hands of Wall Street. They're collecting fees. That compounds just like interest does. And then when you withdraw your funds, Tax rates always have and always will go up in the long run. So you're pulling out more money at a higher tax rate, and you've also got inflation. So not only are you pulling out more money, you're pulling it out at a inflation-adjusted rate, and you're going to pay probably more in taxes than you saved on the front end. Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Jerry Feta, founder and CEO of Wealth Dynamics. You can find out more at his website, wealthdynamics.com, spelled D-Y-N-A-M-X.com. His latest book is called Blueprint to Financial Freedom. We'll be back after this. CharityVest provides a modern, tax-deductible, charitable giving account called a donor-advised fund for everyone. You can make donations of cash, stock, or even cryptocurrency to your CharityVest account. Then you can invest your account balance, allowing it to grow tax-free. You can send funds to over 1.4 million charities whenever you're ready. CharityVest makes powerful, tax-smart philanthropy simple for all. You get one upfront tax receipt from CharityVest, no matter how many charities you support and when you choose to support them. You can put money aside, receive the tax advantages today, and then grow your assets while you figure out what charities you want to support. You can give anonymously if you want to. CharityVest adds an element of purpose to your life to have a place to put your charitable money. You can be intentional about giving without any of the disadvantages of giving money away. Whether you have a stock or crypto investment that has gone up in value recently, you pay capital gains taxes on the increase in the value when you sell it. But if you hold an asset for more than one year, you can avoid paying those capital gains taxes altogether by do donating the position directly to charity. You also take an income tax deduction for the market value of the position when you donate it. Think of it like a tax-advantaged double whammy. You eliminate capital gains taxes while earning an income tax deduction. Traditionally, giving stock or crypto has been complicated and cumbersome. 
but CharityVest makes it easy. Simply create an account and tell them through the app how much you want to donate. They walk you through the details, doing all the hard work for you. Once you make your donation, the cash value is added to your fund. You can reinvest it to grow tax-free or send it to any charity at any time. Donor-advised funds have traditionally been provided by big financial services firms, but they haven't leveraged technology to make giving accounts accessible while charging low fees. CharityVest provides a premier, first-class, technology-enabled experience at the lowest fees available. You can open an account and support charities for free. You are only charged any fees when you invest the money in your account. Charities receive 100% of your donations, and they aren't required to give you a receipt since you've already received a tax deduction receipt from CharityVest. I've used CharityVest, the web app, and it really makes it easy to sign up and donate to charities. I also like the tax advantages of eliminating capital gains taxes on appreciated assets while earning tax deductions. So go to charityvest.org slash money answers to sign up for a free CharityVest account. If you sign up now, there'll be no fees charged in 2022. Go to charityvest.org slash money answers to find out more. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jerry Feta, founder and CEO of Wealth Dynamics, uh, based in Tampa, Florida. Uh, You can find out more at his website, wealthdynamics.com, and the name of his latest book is called Blueprint to financial freedom. Welcome back to the show, Jerry. Absolutely. Thanks, Jordan. What role does gold and silver play in a portfolio, particularly in today where you have higher inflation? Yeah, so I'm a a very big fan of gold and silver. Gold and silver play the role of being a store of value. Um, and, and so when we look at, um, again, you know, kind of the, the idea of we've got to earn, we've got to save, we've got to invest, there are different things that we complete each of those points with. With earning, we earn in currency, right? And a currency is just simply a medium of exchange. Um, currency used to be a medium of exchange and to some degree also a store of value. Back before 1971, the dollar was actually backed by gold. And so there was a, an amount of, okay, we know that this is going to retain value. We know that it's worth something. That's no longer the case. So, you know, a currency, whether it's a crypto or a fiat or whatever, it basically just is a medium of exchange. It doesn't retain its value for very long or very often. 
when we save, we then save into a store of value. Okay, and a store of value would be something that typically is a tangible, um, you know, it appreciates over time. It usually has some sort of a commodity basis so that it's going to go up in, in price, you know, as dollars are printed out, as scarcity is, is um, imposed on that asset. So gold and silver meets the definition of that. Um, and, and so for me, it's, it's one of the ones that I love. Gold, it's been around as a, as a asset for five, 6,000 years um, silver, you know, just as long almost. And so I look at that as something that I know I can, I can save my currency into, I can convert dollars to gold, right? And that is going to appreciate over time. And during a time like now where there's rampant inflation, in a few more months, we're going to start seeing that translate through in the price of gold going up to account for all of the new dollars that are in the system. I mean, gold it traditionally would have done much better than it has with this inflation we have now. Why do you think gold has not performed that well. I mean, compared to cryptocurrency, some people say that cryptos are the new gold and people who in the past would have done gold are now doing cryptocurrencies. Yeah. So I think, you know, a couple of, a couple of reasons. So inflation is like a hose. It's only going to get wet what you pointed at. Right. And so with the um, money printing we did, it was all institutional. It was going to, you know, mostly corporations and businesses. And so we initially saw that inflation starting with the stock market, starting with the bond market, um, and as those corporations and larger groups start to spend it into circulation, there's definitely a little bit of a lag that happens. And once the consumer gets it and they start then buying goods and services, it drives up the price of goods and services too. Gold is often one of the very last things to indicate inflation. And so, um, you know, it's one of the last, but it's also one of the final. When gold goes up, that's when, you know, okay, this is, this is, this is a definite thing. It's not transitory. It really is happening. So I think we need to give it a little bit more time. I also think, you know, there there is an element of, um, you know, only about uh, 12 per, uh, yeah, 12% of Americans, I believe, is this stat, own any gold at all. So there's a, a level of illiteracy on owning assets, owning stores of value. It's not exciting. It's not new. It's not sexy. But, you know, the Federal Reserve Bank has half a trillion dollars in it. If you look at central banks across the globe, they put, you know, trillions and trillions into it. Family offices are buying billions so I think we have to look at the groups that are buying and the groups that have been holding. Um, and so, you know, the, the consumer may or may not catch on. Historically, they haven't usually, but I think it will drive up in price and it will be something that ultimately expresses the, the nature of the economic conditions around us. Let's talk a little bit about alternative investing. We talked about some passive income ideas. What are some other things you recommend for alternative investing? Yeah, so for alternative investing, and again, these are, are different thresholds of, of being qualified to do them, right? So um, some of these are, are going to be for accredited investors only. Some of them may not be. Um, as an accredited investor, you know, one of my favorite things to do in, is to look at, you know, alternative investments that can reduce taxable income. Um, there are a number of ways to do this. A good example would be maybe like oil and gas investing. Um, you know, I can get tax deductions on the front end going into it. I also am then a partner in a, in a real oil well that's going to pay me out on a monthly basis or a quarterly basis, and I'll get some residual tax benefit as well. Um, when I start getting a little bit more into, again, as you get nearer to, okay, I'm ready, ready to speculate, I'm a big fan of um, foreign currency trading. And not, not from, the, from the, you know, the bot or the app or the, the guy that sent you the Instagram direct message to, to get you involved in his deal. If you actually go to like a real trading hedge fund that has a track record and they trade no different than the banks do, that's a very profitable way to invest. Um, and, and it's something that's, I think, surprising to people how, how, how well you can do with it when you have the right team that's helping you implement it. Okay, so those would be two 
Uh, are there anything else you, you, you favor uh, as alternative investments? Yeah, I also, I like life settlement investing. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about life insurance as a individual buying it to become their own bank. Um, on the back end, you know, an older individual, they can actually sell their policy to an investor. And so with an investment, uh, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates are actually two of the largest life settlement investors out there. It's not correlated to any market because the investment happens when the insured passes away and that death benefit pays out. Right. And so that's another one where, where I can see great returns. Um, there's not any factor that can make it a unsafe or volatile investment. It just comes down to what's the lifespan of the individual being insured. Um, and it's a, it's a good way to have a, a, almost a fixed lump sum that I know is going to come in at some point in the future. In the roughly two minutes we have left, why don't you kind of summarize how it is possible for people to have financial freedom when today they may not think that's possible? Yeah. So the first thing is, is if you don't think it's possible, you know, look around that, that other people do have it. And if they do have it, it does exist. And if it does exist, it is possible. And then it comes down to, well, what did they do to get it? Right. And so it starts with, you know, financial literacy. And that's what we talked about today is I have to, I have to spend time every day learning about finances. You know, it's, it's kind of a funny thing we look at. We're born into this world. You know, oxygen is something that's involuntary. Gravity is too. No one ever tells us money is also. So if it's involuntary, I better get to know it. I better learn to master it. And then, you know, increasing income, saving, investing, using things like the sacred account, the alternative investments, but doing them in the right sequence. You don't want to just make a big soup and dump everything all at once. There's a a definite pathway to getting there. And so that's my book, Blueprint to Financial Freedom, talks about step by step. How do we get there? How do we make it happen? Um, And in a way that's proven to work. Terrific. We've learned a lot. My guest this hour has been Jerry Feta founder and CEO of Wealth Dynamics. You can find out more at his website, which is wealthdynamics, spelled D-Y-N-A-M-X.com, and also find out about his book, Blueprint to Financial Freedom. Thanks so much. We've learned a lot, Jerry. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week. 